Welcome to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, where we celebrate the craft of poetry. Each week, we feature interviews with incredible poets and artists, including Olivia Gatwood and A.E. Stallings, and original poetry read by the authors. I'm your host, James Moorhead, poet laureate of Dublin, California, and author of Canvas and Portraits of Red and Gray. On this week's episode of the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, you'll hear from seven poets reciting their original work. For the opportunity to recite your poetry as part of a Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast episode, visit viewlesswings.com and submit your poetry, or visit submittable.com and search on Viewless Wings. Now, let's hear from these seven wonderful poets. My name is Crystal D. Mayo. I am an actress, published writer, educator, and poetic storyteller. I am a native New Yorker whose repertoire of writing spans from memoirs to poetry and prose. My literary contributions have been published in the Bronx Memoir Project, Volumes 3, 4, and 5. I made my debut as a playwright with my monologue, Mother to Son, featured in 048 Fresh Perspectives, an anthology published by New World Theatre. My nonfiction short story entitled Wicked Blues was published most recently in the Connecticut Literary Anthology for 2021. I am currently performing my memoirs on New York stages, including The Caveat and Joe's Pub at the Public Theater. It was a specific moment in my life that inspired me to write the poem Running Into Time. A time in my life where I looked at the glass being half empty. I had so many creative pursuits, yet it felt like there was never enough hours in a day to accomplish them. Then I thought to myself, instead of feeling as if I am running out of time, what if I ran into it? Pursuing my gift of writing and performing every day as much as I could, relentlessly, fearlessly, making an impact, a literary imprint in the world. That one thought changed my whole trajectory, and ever since, I have used podcasts, stages, and books as my timestamp of who I am as a woman and artist in the world. Sit back and enjoy running into time. I ain't running out of time. I'm running into it. Heart on the 12, ambitions on the second hand, my hustle, my drive, controls the winding disposition. My words, sweet, dark, raw, gritty, black girl narratives embedded in every second. It is my voice that splashes in the rhythm of each tick-tock, my vision that submerges in the rhythm of each synchronized beat. <laughs> I ain't running out of time. I'm running in 
into it, head on, eye to eye, toe to toe, streaming down my face of phonemes that blend themselves into puddles of prose. Hell, I ain't running out of time. Time runs through me, surging through my veins and capillaries, overflowing in cups of creativity, never empty. My voice is the descendant of decades. It is my words that are my legacy for centuries, soaked with pen and paper I write myself into her story. Hi, my name is Aria Johnson, and I'm enchanted with the grief process, the idea of significance, and the free will dilemma. My writing career started in St. Augustine, Florida. There, I hosted open mics for Flagler College and was an editor for Flair, the Flagler Review. I currently work as an editor for Cathexas Northwest Press. After spending two decades in the South, I reside in Portland, Oregon with my Red Tabby Henry. My poems appear in Third Wednesday Magazine, Oyster River Pages, Lucky Jefferson, and others. Today I'm going to be reading my poem, Hope in Halos. That poem came about because I'm obsessed with luck. I love thinking about it. I love thinking about how the universe affects our lives, whatever that means. And I'm currently writing a manuscript all about luck. So I needed, <laughs> really, I needed a poem to kind of fill some space. So I sat and thought about it and this poem was born. So here it goes, Hope and Halos. The universe isn't out to get me. I'm living by superstition and signs. If I planted myself in the street, traffic wouldn't stop. My brain is all sorry, snakes and ladders. Everything is a game or something simulated. I keep doing the same things, but I don't have the answers. How am I supposed to be anything other than a murder of crows and chalk lines? I thought if I plucked my heart, it would be a pitless cherry or a red hot stuck on some dude's finger. Now I know it's bazooka, pink and sweet, nobody's favorite. The mirror is always a bloodshot moon. The pillows memorized my face, and I counted how many times he lied without blinking. Infatuation is a currency. My heart is an empty well someone tosses coins into, and no matter how many wishes skim the bottom, I'll never know which way is up. I want to teach my heart how to count cards, how to be so sure I'm the one rigging my odds, not tracing lotto tickets or smoking camels in a parking lot, finding hope in halos. Thank you. My name is Finbar Lennon. I am a retired Irish surgeon and live in a small village in Ireland, about 30 miles north of Dublin, our capital city. I co-authored my late wife's memoir, The Heavens Are All Blue, that was published by Hachette Ireland in 2020. It includes excerpts of teenage poems I wrote for her over 50 years ago. I returned to composing poetry after she died and have had two collections published by a small independent printing press in Belfast, Lapwing Publications, that has been publishing new and emerging poets for 30 years. My approach was unconventional as at my age I had no time for prizes or acclaim and so put an unsolicited collection together and was very fortunate to find an editor come publisher who happened to be a kindred spirit. My second piece of good fortune was discovering Viewless Wings and listening to the marvellous poetry podcasts moderated by James Moorhead. 
some of his own narrative poems that are a feature of his podcast struck a chord with me and I chanced my look again. The poem I am going to read is titled Love and is a reflection on my long romance and what love has meant to me. Love. Love, impossible dream, impossible word. Soft embrace with a double hand. Absent blink for pupils wide with wonder. First sight and all defences down. Instinctive hold on sounds and senses. For each to notice interest and respond. Does it ever happen quite this way? Somewhere amidst their frantic schedules, trying to make ends meet in Tinseltown, believing the effort to remain afloat is worth the toll and toil it wrought, are sometimes simply sitting on easy chairs, content together on solitary manoeuvres. Does it ever happen quite this way? The word is peddled to extinction and yet retains its native card by heart, hankering for truth to make it last. No control to guide it into place, a glue to cut and paste and save for home, away, together and apart. Does it ever happen quite this way? Staying as one until it's over, before returning again unsought to the other, during twilights and underpassing clouds, peeps out from nooks and crannies, builds a listening post for memories, catches unawares to test its provenance. Does it ever happen quite this way? Thank you. My name is Olive Dewan. I am an amateur poet with a background in visual art, sociology, and anthropology. The poem I will be reading is titled Opening. This piece was inspired by my grandmother's passing and specifically how on her deathbed there was a calmness to her that I had never seen in her life. It seemed as though she had been released almost from the confines of her, at times, difficult life. So here is opening. The line of her body laying on the pedestal. She looked stretched out, taller than before. White curls combed clean. Skin clear and taut, where wrinkles used to be. The crisp white blanket spread across her, hiding the wood underneath, as if suspended on a magician's table. Outside, a garage light left on. The lid opened and the light came out of the metal and glass space it had been contained in, and then into a line, like a firecracker whipped from left to right, a specific distance, and then over. A line like the one drawn out by her body on the pedestal, 
and the space it must have come from. My name is Ivy Raff. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to share my work with you. Thank you, James. After writing poetry privately for two decades, I left a career in technology and public policy last summer to focus solely on my writing. I'm the 2022 writer in residence for Alaska State Parks, and I was a finalist in the Sweet Tooth Honey Micro Poetry Contest. Several of my individual poems have been published in literary reviews, such as the American Poetry Journal, the Bangalore Review, and Stone Canoe, among others. I live with my partner, who is a sommelier in Detroit, the contemporary and ancestral homeland of three Anishinaabe nations. In Detroit, I'm an active member of the Room Project, a community for women and non-binary writers. I invite you to read more of my poems at wordsbyivy.com. This piece I'll read today, Portrait of a Girl in Relation to a Newspaper, has ambiguity at its core. We meet a young girl, maybe a preteen, who has a certain relationship to a charismatic, influential adult in her life. But we're not sure what that relationship is, and neither is the girl. The poem goes inside children's relationship with predators before they develop the vocabulary to name them as such. So this is Portrait of a Girl in Relation to a Newspaper. The girl's spine arches over the sturdy oak table where she does her homework head cradled in hand. She is not thinking of the charcoal-colored newsprint leaching onto the creamy skin wrapping her forearms and into the crevices of her dimpled elbows. Her eyes narrow, train on the photo of the columnist who appears every bit the Baptist minister he is. A puff of white hair floats above his jowls, the congregation feeds him well. And he has fed the girl. Her mother drops her each Wednesday afternoon at the parking lot of Jason's Deli, where she orders a baked potato with extra cheddar, and the minister polishes off a tall turkey club nestled in a plush of green lettuce. Intent. The girl reads this week's installment of the minister's marriage advice column. He writes of the 22nd kiss he shares with his wife when they first wake up, or when she comes home from her job at the deaf school, or when she prepares apple slices for their own little girl's lunchbox. The 22nd kiss, 1918, keeps the marriage alive reminds him of the feisty blue-eyed girl he picked out of his Little Rock congregation so long ago. There are so many girls. The one reading the newspaper, the one with the gray-stained elbows, lets her own unkissed pink mouth, not round and not lovely, slip to the fat part of her palm. The lips and the hand seal succinctly together 
the girl's eyes are ringed with sensible brown mascara, the only makeup her mother will let her wear. She shuts them. She sucks, not too hard. The wind rushes from her nostrils. She is gone from this table, gone from this kitchen with its yadro porcelain figurines, dancing chastely around a maypole, shut up in their beveled glass cabinetry. My name is Inga Sorensen. I am a poet and short story writer based in Oakland, California. The subjects of my work explore themes of loss, mythology, joy, memory, and adventure. My pieces have been published in Celebrating Poetry West Spring 2005 and Humans of the World blog. This poem was inspired by when I was a little kid, I'd often go see my great aunt and uncle at their house. And there were always videotapes at their house, lots of trees in their backyard, crayons to draw with. And we knew whenever we went to visit them that they were going to be joyful and that we were going to be welcomed. And we didn't realize how significant that feeling was at the time. And then when they passed away, all that was gone. When we visited the house, we thought it was cold. We were always bored. We felt absolutely miserable. And we dreaded the very thought of our father taking us to that house anymore. And just looking back at those memories of all the good times we had at the house and how we felt after they passed away, that's what spawned the inspiration for this poem. Love in the House on Woodland Road. In the house on Woodland Road, love weaved in many molds. It came when two little girls heard a woman's voice announce, I have a surprise for you. And sitting on the fireplace, there was a videotape and it showed Tigger's smiling face. The Tigger movie had just arrived, much to the parents' surprise. It came again when the girls looked in the cookie jar. The one talked with the smiling cartoon cooking him. Inside was a tower of Oreos, waiting for the girls to pull apart and lick. Love was there by the TV set, shown with a stack of Madeline tapes. Love was even by the bookcase, but brimming hardbacks neither child could understand. Seated on a shelf's corner, there rested a Crayola box, filled with crayons to the tin's tip top. Love was in the bedroom, Crayola crayons stockpiled, and sitting on the closet's ledge, Love was on the rounded rug below, as the child played out a ticking, timing clock while laying on their back. Love was by the twin seat cushions, as the girls bounced from one to another and played leapfrog between each other. Love was in the garden's grass, seen when one of the children pulled apart presumed pickles from the tree and sprinkled them all over her. Love was by the cat's food bowl, awaiting a stray to walk in and take a bite. Love was when the child walked into the family room and took out the classic game Candyland. She played with her new puppy till he crossed the finish line and declared him champion. Love was there as the children went for a walk in the backyard and saw all the birds and conifers. The bird feeder hung and the bathwater rippled and they awaited famished and filthy aves. Love was there for many years, long before the children appeared. And then one day, the children came, but all the love had died. They noticed the dust, 
and the cobwebs and the chill attack to the house. They noticed the trees chopped down and their smiles were lost. They noticed the change and it made them very sad. The house had lost its old charm. The children fell into monotony and the gems that once gave the house its glow would never again come out and show. Hi everybody, my name is Linda and I'm a poet living and writing in the beautiful coastal village of Lake Tabari, New South Wales, Australia. Apart from childhood writing, I began to write poetry in earnest 10 years ago, albeit briefly. Then I put my pen down until April 2021. My major qualifications are in business management, so to develop as a poet, I've had to immerse myself in reading classic and modern poets and participating in online courses sourced here in Australia and overseas. My coastal environment provides endless inspiration, as do my family, my friends, and all those random moments that we encounter through daily life. I write every day to stay close to my inner muse and to remind myself never ever to take for granted the gift that I've been given of being able to express myself in this wonderful art form. I am very pleased to meet you all. Seismic. My legs extend. Bare and pale, branches sprouting from my body, firm, sinewed branches that I run my hands over, feeling all the little bumps and tags my fingertips imagine nest upon my skin. My toenails gleam like shiny beads. I notice that the sun has left the mark of thong straps, skinny V-shaped white, where I forgot to slip, slop, slap. I pull up my skirt, rest its hem against my waterline, a silent space of heat that speaks all language, makes ignored demands, grows wild its garden, while I wonder how this strong and mucid valley made of only flesh holds back its tide which ebbs and flows, not at the whim of a curio moon or pull of sun, I am the earth that opens up, cracks and splits from friction on my edges. I shake with energy contained deep within my crust. I, a vein of rock, will stir from just one touch, shift and shiver, tectonic plates alive with motion, pressure valve released to shudder, gasp and die. End poem. Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast is written and produced by James Moorhead. You can follow me on Twitter at Dublin Ranch, subscribe to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, and follow us on viewlesswings.com or on Instagram at viewlesswings.com.